everyone, and welcome to Season 1, Episode 3 of the Film Bros Championship Podcast. I am Tim, with me is my co-host Patrick. How you doing, buddy? So good. The Knicks are up. Aaron Judge is a Yankee for life. I am loving it. <laughs> and I am so excited to talk about this movie. Yeah, I, I like that you at least went with the movie last there. Last time we just went for Knicks for a little bit. And we got a sports update again, but we at least went right into the movie. <laughs> it's, you, know, you keep on asking me to record on Knicks nights. What can I tell you? <laughs> I, is Wednesday always a Knicks night? Man, I guess I'm behind because I don't get the package. I always get the updates the next it's day. on ESPN, but okay. <laughs> is tonight on ESPN? Yeah. I didn't know that. All right. I don't always check these things. I got I to gotta get better at that. Um, all right. So we are here for the junk man. Yes. And again, I've never heard of this movie until, Nor we, I. until we researched him. Um, and it's it's interesting because even looking up on IMDb, there's not a whole lot you're going to get. No. Um, yeah. I even was like doing like some homework and trying to make sure I have, you know, all my research done and everything. And and I'm, I'm, I'm like trying to look up like a plot so i can just remind myself of things because you know i watched it on saturday i think you watched it on friday or something Mm -hmm. like that and um i couldn't really find a decent enough detailed plot even (laughs) well allow me to really give the lay down on this thing okay first off let's let's this is an independent movie um Mm -hmm. let me give you a little rundown on who hb hallecky was hb toby hallecky uh toby hallecky was uh a guy who grew up in a family of junk men. Uh, literally owned explain a junkyard a, in New York. Yeah, okay, I was about to say, like, explain what a junk man is. <laughs> yeah, he was one of 13 kids out in Dunkirk, New York. Wow. Uh, he always wanted to make movies, so he decided to make his own way, and he moved out to L.A. and opened up a junkyard. And over the bunch of years, he kept on buying cars for the cheap, rebuilding them himself, and prepared for making his movie which was in 1974 gone in 60 seconds and he financed the entire thing shot everything himself uh and it cost him $150,000 which is just under a million dollars in today's money okay okay. 900,000 or so yeah and since he owned everything he got everything of the all the profits you want to give a guess on how much money gone in 60 seconds made uh, let's give you a hit. It was a huge hit in like yeah. drive-through, uh, drive-ins, and independent circuits and everything. Yeah, because I imagine that's what he would have to do. Like he couldn't go to like an AMC type theater. I don't even think that kind of chain theaters existed in this time period, right? Uh, not in the way they do now. No. Right. So it probably was a lot easier to kind of sell it, or maybe it was harder. Did it have to go word of mouth as it went from theater to theater? Like, I'm curious how cross-country this movie was, but I have no clue. Uh, it made a ton of money. It made yeah. over $40 million. Wow. And in today's money, that's... Let's see. It's $1.2 billion. <laughs> <laughs> wow. What an investment that he had serious return on. And I watched that movie before. I'd never seen it before, that movie either, but I watched it before watching The Junkman. Because The Junkman is the sequel to Gone in 60 Seconds. Yeah. Mostly I have in, not seen it. In spirit. Uh, you're good. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the movie is cheap as hell. It is barely... It, if it wasn't for... The last 40 minutes ends in a giant chase scene. 
just a chase. Yeah. And that's what you watch the movie for because everything else is basically uh, 70s porn movie quality. Like ninety percent of the dialogue is in voiceover, yeah, and no, none of the, nobody's a natural actor, and all of the wigs and everything that everyone is wearing just they look so ridiculous. Yeah. But when you get to that final forty minutes, you're like, this is a good time. All right, now here we go. And in the end credits of the Junkman, they show some of the, the the two really good stunts that they had, which one of them was a complete accident. And there's like. Wow. Did you see the shot where in in uh, Gone in sixty seconds in the Jumpman credits, right. where he hits a pole? And he, I think I showed you yes. the one. Yeah, complete accident that. Uh, yeah. that wasn't supposed to happen, but it looked awesome. And he passed out, and when he woke up, he, the first thing he said was, "Did did we get it?" <laughs> and they got it, and it was great. Um, <laughs> so then he spent like the next eight years uh, building this movie. With his profits, uh, and man, what a treat! Yeah, so serious. I mean, I haven't seen the first one, but you could you can clarify that serious upgrade in the quality. From, oh my god, yeah. night and day. <laughs> but you must it must have been such a special thing for him because this movie is still quite in the shadow. There's another reason seconds. for that. Yeah. Okay, uh, I'd be curious to know because like he even has like. I guess one of the famous cars or something, he keeps it as a wreck. Eleanor, yeah. So this movie cost him about a million dollars to make, a little over three million. Okay. And according to AFI catalog, it made, um, this is all I can get from it, about $633,000, just under $2 million today's money. And from what I could gather is Halicki had a deal with United Artists, Pacific Theaters, Man Theaters, and Edward Theaters to distribute the movie. Uh, but they put it on a double bill with a rated R movie, hmm. and Junkman is PG. Yeah, and he felt that was destroying his box office, hmm. and he was furious, and he pulled the movie from them, and he sued all the theaters. Oh wow! <laughs> uh, and it just, they just had a prolonged legal battle for like a couple of years, and the the movie theaters were like, "We're just going to wait him out because he doesn't have enough money to sue all of us." <laughs> <laughs> wow i can't imagine why is it that big of a deal why couldn't they just move it i don't understand why they would be like what is it to them like is it really it was like that? the wild west back then as far as what movie theaters could show and couldn't show yeah and what i guess it's mo- like how dare this person tell me what to do exactly right? exactly yeah. yeah and uh yeah so the movie basically bombed for him i'm sure he made eventually made his money back in it um but then like a year later he came out with a re-edit uh, and he turned it into a new movie called Deadline Auto, which is just the first two movies sort of edited together. Interesting. <laughs> With a couple of new like dialogue footages to try to sort of blend it together. Yeah, have it make sense, maybe? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know. I, I probably won't check that out. So is The Junk Man not as successful then? No, as gone not, as nowhere near. And uh-huh. I think that's why it sort of got lost to history. Yeah. Because, yeah, it's weird because they did... I mean, now that you've seen Gone in 60 Seconds, is there any kind of connective tissue besides the title to the uh, to the one with uh, Nicolas Cage? Or has it been too long since you've seen the Nicolas Cage Gone in 60 Seconds? There is a couple of things. Um, they have to steal a bunch of cars in a short amount of time. Okay. Uh, in Nick Cage's version, which is the better movie by far. Okay. Uh, <laughs> 
in Cage's version, they have to do it to he has to do it. He's a retired car thief who has to do it to save his brother with life or whatever. Mm-hmm. In Gone in sixty seconds, he just made a deal to steal a bunch of cars for some drug lord, and he's like, okay. you know, "Get all the cars. I already gave you the money up front. Give me all the cars, or you die." Uh, and there's a running joke about having to steal Eleanor, which is like this seventy three uh, Ford Mustang. Mm-hmm. And they keep on running into issues with like they'll, they'll steal it, but they have to give it back, or they steal it, or something happens. And and just like in Cage's version, uh, it's a that one is a GT five hundred Shelby Ford Mustang, and that ca- that car is cursed to Cage's character, and he has something bad always happens, which of course at the end of the movie, that's the car at the end of the movie is a big something okay. bad happened there too. But okay. that's it. Oh, okay. and one joke. Uh, which they in this I don't know if you remember the cage version but one time they, they steal a car and there's a snake in the backseat hmm. um, in the original movie in Halicky's version it was a baby tiger <laughs> which is it's generally funny because the guy just like just does this great oh shit he sees the tiger and he bolts out of the car and the tiger chases after him. But the tiger is barely bigger than my dog at the time. It's still okay. really funny. I'm still like an, an animal like that. I don't yeah, know. I yeah, mean, you know, yeah. I see a tiger in the backseat. I'm out of there too. Yeah, regardless of the size. I'm probably running know. faster because the snake, but that's just me. Yeah, you that's might my be thing. right. Right, especially if that tiger is like slightly cute, you might be deceived. He, he, the tiger was <laughs> adorbs. I, I can't lie. Yeah. Yeah. Not even a cat guy, but that was a cute guy. Yeah, you were a little bit... Did you go, kitty? No, I didn't do that. <laughs> <laughs> well, all right. So um, I guess we should go over the basic premise of this movie, right? Um, do you want to do it again? Or you... Why? Yeah, sure. Okay. For, the, for okay. the junk man, he decided to go meta. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's basically playing a version of himself. The producer of Gone in 60 Seconds, producer, writer, director, and lead actor... Yeah, uh, but he's both a different name, uh, Hollis H. B. Hollis. I think like, he's calling himself or something like that in this movie. Right, it doesn't really and, matter. And it starts <laughs> off with a, um, like a thing to his wife or something. It, it well, almost reminded me we'll of in, like I'll get into that in uh, a second. What, what was the Disney movie Up? Up. Up. Yeah, it reminded me of Up. But yeah, I, was I wrote like, that down did in my notes Up too. Take this from this. I wasn't gonna break down for it, but. Uh, let me give you the basic plot of the movie. Uh, so this guy, he's a producer of uh, movies. He is making the sequel to Gone in 60 Seconds. And for some reason, somebody has a hit out on him. And it's a prolonged chase scene. He's trying to get away from them. Uh, it goes on, figures out. He tracks down, figures out who was trying to kill him. And there's a big chase scene involving the cops. And then he finds out and blah, blah, blah. That's the end of the movie. There's not a lot of plot going on in this thing. It is yeah. just... An excuse to show insane car stunts. Yes. And it succeeds. There are no characters, really, of any kind. There's sure. no big plot. Although, yeah, better than Gone Six Seconds. But, <laughs> my God, does it have a lot of action. Yeah, I think, for sure, um, after our last or our first two movies that we did, this movie kind of makes up for the... Uh, action Mm -hmm. depletion that we've been going through in the first two movies yeah yeah (laughs) oh man all right so i guess we'll we'll go and start off with uh with our hero right and so as i was saying is um 
Yeah. I, I don't. I have no idea of any connection to him in real life. If he did have a kid, if he did have a wife, but they're showing that he had this wife and kid, and and it was very. Um, really sweet relationship that they're showing all in like uh, no dialogue it's all kind of instrumental type stuff she tragically dies and you see his reaction by slamming his fist down on the car in the most dramatic way possible yes yeah very over the top uh but yeah i was like immediately like man this is this is making me feel this is up yeah no it's literally up except they gave him a daughter to soften the blow a little bit at least yeah and i mean i guess they show that he definitely has like a connection to his his daughter like Mm -hmm. at one point when he is um you know trying to figure out things and he at one point is presumed dead uh he seems to go to his daughter to almost like let her know that he's okay so that was kind of sweet and then she gives him uh her piggy bank yep which he proudly carries around and makes sure he does not like forget or break the piggy bank. So that was sweet. <laughs> uh, his daughter loves him. The ladies love him. H.B. Uh, Hollis is a hero. Yeah, there's a lot of ladies in this movie, but I guess we'll wait for the sidekicks on that one. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, so um, other than that, um, we don't really get a whole lot about this hero. Well, I will say this. He really likes having a nice collection of sunglasses on the dash of his car. Did you also think Kill Bill? Uh, it is, in fact, a Kill Bill... Re- well, Kill Bill actually is referencing Gone in 60 Seconds, but I'm sure oh, Quentin saw because okay. it's Quint- in there, too. Yeah. I'm sure Quentin saw uh, both this and, you know, this and Gone in 60 Seconds, but he specifically mentioned Gone. So, but Okay. I wonder, did it... So he had a dashboard with sunglasses in the, in the first one, too? Yeah. And this is why I decided to watch Kill Bill last night and I was texting you about it. Fair enough. I love that movie so much. That was probably one of the movies I rewatched the most in college. Me and my roommate loved that one. Every time we were like, eh, let's stay in. Like, all right, let's watch Kill Bill. Mm -hmm. And I'm just waiting so impatiently for the 4K version. Like, I'm like, I'm too snobbish. I love the movie so much that I don't want it in Blu-ray. I need that. I need that physical medium of 4K for that movie. Highest quality. Yeah. I love that movie. Uh, let's see what else about him. Oh, all the cars in this movie, uh, once again, belong to Halicky. And the toys, uh-huh. too. The, that's his personal toy collection. He has a massive toy collection. And I think they still uh, have a museum uh, that he has out there. It's either in California or Florida. I forget where I wrote it. I read it out. Uh, but where you can see all his toys and cars. Yeah. I like it. At one point, I think he's waiting in a car and he just has like a mitt. A baseball and a mitt or something and he's <laughs> something like that right no it's that's like, one of the hitmen oh guys okay, that what it was okay yes, that i have that written down as like the okay. most suspicious hitman in the world he's i just must have sitting... written that down in the wrong category then yeah no it's one of the hitmen <laughs> waiting it out looking for him he's just sitting in there slamming the ball into a mitt and i'm like yeah that was weird he's clearly staking somebody out this is yeah. very suspicious um yeah sunglasses in the car kill bill um wife daughter stuff uh, i made a piggy bank comment um do, and then i have do not get a whole lot from him uh <laughs> and then at times it like because i mean maybe it's not as adr as gone 60 seconds is but there's still a decent amount of adr in this movie that there's there are certain moments where i don't know how it was done but it was almost difficult to pick up the dialogue Mm. in some of the conversations yeah there's no subtitles Um, on that dvd which is a bummer 
Yeah, I really would have liked subtitles. There's a couple times where I'm like, uh, I don't know, not sure I heard correctly what they said, but I don't think it matters. Yeah. <laughs> so no. it wasn't too bad. Of, yeah. Uh, the only thing, I, other thing I've written down here for H.B. Hollis, um, not only is it a hell of a driver, but yeah. I appreciate him being one of the few characters ever filmed in movies or TV that is careful with fingerprints when stumbling onto a crime scene. <laughs> Finally, somebody's not just like, barging in and like oh look i'm gonna touch everything it's like right nope, okay they don't realize like their fingerprints and everything they rush to touch in. the body and cover themselves in blood and he's like right exactly no i'm not going to do that i'm gonna wipe <laughs> stuff down as i'm leaving too like thank it's you. a pretty bad trope yeah yeah that's pretty funny i mean yeah i gotta give it credit obviously it's it's 1982 and this movie's pretty and actually i guess from what i'm hearing from you filmed even a lot earlier than 82 it just took a while for it to come out right yeah um Uh, it's pretty ahead of its time in a lot of ways oh way ahead i mean the way that they shot the the driving scenes and the stunts and everything that they did yeah nobody was doing stuff like this i can't wait to get to that but i what's the next category that we're supposed to do again villain usually villain okay but so what do we want to give hero okay um this is difficult like it's, it's like as a man who made a movie and did some really cool stuff and it's all him like all that stuff mm-hmm. like just on that i want to give him a five but that's not <laughs> It's not what the movie character is or anything, you know? So yeah. it's kind of hard to separate the two. And I feel like because of, of not much here, I'm going to go one. Like, there's not really anything here. I, I want to grade on a curve and just give him a two. Okay. Just like, all right, for the, the, the legend of Halaki. <laughs> yeah, I, again, it's really Because everything. there's no character. Yeah, everything outside of the movie is where it's at with this person, and I guess that he's actually doing these stunts, which is really impressive. But yeah, as a character, it's yeah, there's nothing there. So I, I'm I'm okay with giving it almost a bonus point. It never bothers me. Yeah, I guess because you're so distracted by like, boom, boom, boom. Yeah, <laughs> you know, wow. you're like, yeah, I I did that a few times. Yeah, I, there's there was a couple of. Um, couple times i did a keanu reeves too whoa <laughs> oh, yeah. i did that a couple of times too i'm yeah. gonna rewind and watch that again how do yeah. they do that for sure for sure uh all right so i guess we'll go with two on that one yeah um although typically we go 1.5 to split the difference but no, uh, no. I, i'm, I'm cool with a two just because you know he deserves it he, yeah man worked hard and and made something pretty cool yes um all right, so the villain. Um, <laughs> there's so much to choose from. I'm glad this is the next discussion here because there's you don't get the clear cut villain of who actually is behind it all till the end of the movie. Although it's very obvious who it is the entire time. Yeah, although I do, I was really kind of shocked that they did uh, the red herring for Richard. Yeah, where the 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 guy that will basically be what Harvey Keitel bases his look off of. Uh, <laughs> um, what? Yeah. What's his name? He had like, um, uh, I'm trying to remember. Harvey Keitel is the head of this Mormon cult is what they <laughs> did. Um, I'm trying to remember. What? What? Yes. The guy that he like, they, they're trying to make you think it was this dude. And yeah, he's, wear, sure. he's like wearing a black suit and like, 
And the, yeah, I thought he looked like Harvey Keitel in like a Pulp Fiction type movie. That's what He's I thought he looked a like. Tuxedo in. No, I mean not necessarily um, Pulp Fiction, but yeah, I don't know. Okay. That was that was that uh, I thought he looked like Harvey Keitel. I'm but, gonna give you a pass on this. You were watching it very late. No, <laughs> I think he really did look like Harvey Keitel. But no, okay, no, he's As got a beard. Put, he looks like Coach Beard from Ted Lasso. I don't think he looks like Coach Beard. Yeah, he looks like Coach Beard in a suit. All right, well, he's whatever. Like grumpy. He has almost yeah. no lines of dialogue. None. He just sits there looking menacing, and the movie wants you to think this is the bad guy. This is the bad yeah. guy, and he's surrounded by the most absurd uh, group of lawyers. Like, they yeah. are all stylized in ways that, like, here's one version of a lawyer. Here's one version of a lawyer. This one's got yeah. a crazy hat on. Like, okay. I, I guess I was kind of thrown though slightly because I didn't think this movie would be would be able to try something like that or would think to try something like that. Yeah, the, the, the big twist is that the, the, yeah. the villain all along is his uh, brother-in-law yeah. uh, who is just tired of not getting any of the credit for how successful Halleck he is. Right, because he does all the uh, media and publicity and stuff like that, and he thinks he deserves just as much credit for stuff. And um, and they really go over uh, out of their way to kind of make him um, he's seem like boy. such a good guy. Yeah, yeah, he's so nice and sweet to the daughter, and he seems so helpful and concerned. Um, and he's and just he like, had, oh, no, I don't get yeah. any of the company if he dies and all that. Yeah. The problem is, is that he's played by the only person who's a real actor in the movie. Yeah, who this was is it? The, I, this is the, he looked familiar, but I didn't know who he was. Yeah. Uh, he is the... Tim and I have this theory. This problem. Ah, <laughs> uh, oh, we finally get to talk about you, it. You yep. want to discuss the problem, Tim? Um, yeah. So it, I prefer the original title of our of the problem, but but it became so consistent and just... just it's just, it is that we decided to retitle it the problem although i prefer the original one which is the ian home theory which is Ian-Home now problem. just turned into the ian home problem i think theory sounds better but um yeah i believe it was from, from the movie from hell yeah yeah and um starring johnny depp and heather graham and it also little known actor of of ian holm who is not a, a huge name or anything but someone mm-hmm. that has been doing movies for quite a long time and is, is is for people who watch you know movies pretty regularly uh you know he's noticeable you know who he is yeah he's not in the movie at all he's like yeah two minutes in there and you're just like why would they have Ian Holm in this movie? Yeah, there's no point for somebody so established of an actor to be in such a tiny, small. And it's role. not a cameo part. It is clearly he's got too much dialogue for it to be just a cameo. So this is the Ian Holm problem. When you have an actor that is in, in too small a part, yeah, uh, you know that he is actually going to be revealed as the villain, which is yeah. what happened in From Hell. Yeah, and basically now. Any anytime you can kind of see that happening. There's like a million examples of this. Like, oh, yeah. Well, he's the villain. He's yeah. And I'm sure there's examples that happened before from hell. It's just oh, that's yeah, kind of when we noticed we grew it. Grew up in that's just we're like, all right. Yeah. We've seen too many movies at this point. Yes, exactly. That's kind of when we just identified it and put a name to it. So yeah, the Ian Holm problem. I'm trying to look it up because I guess I didn't realize who the guy was. A Christopher Stone. Uh, and he was the husband in The Howling. And he was also uh, the husband in Cujo. 
Okay, fair enough. You know what? And it's weird. I did just see The Howling just this past summer, um, but I haven't seen Cujo in years. So that's oh, probably so why um, why I didn't pick up on it as much. Um, oh, you so. know what? I lied. He's not the husband in Cujo. He's the one who has the affair with the wife. Oh. Um, okay. <laughs> but well, anyway, yeah. Um, Cujo's so good. Yeah, I, I gotta rewatch it. It's been, a, I, I think I saw it on like Sci Fi Channel back when I was young. So I just never got around to rewatching it. And then I, I think you just lent me the Howling. Yep. And I think I watched it this past summer for the first time. Best werewolf movie. Um, so yeah, I don't, I think because I don't have as much, um, you know, rewatch with those movies, that's probably why I didn't pick up on him. No, fair enough. But yeah, I mean, he was fine. Um, but uh, yeah, for most of the movie, you know, you don't know, and he's kind of in the background, and and so you really just have these assassins, and like I feel like the main one is basically Contessa from GI Joe here. Did you know she actually has a character name? <laughs> no, I didn't. I just kept calling her Contessa. <laughs> I was just calling her Hit Woman, the Baroness, the Hit Woman. I, I, it's, but apparently, she, her character name was Blackbird. Blackbird. Yeah. Interesting. When did G.I. Joe come out? Uh, the <laughs> mid-80s. Like... I feel like this is, uh, you know, the Baroness is, this is this is her. Uh, um, with the glasses. She's definitely in all black. And wearing yeah, glasses, all yeah. black and the glasses and such like that. I was I just kept thinking of that. So I was like, ah, oh, the Baroness She's definitely the most noticeable, returns. not just because uh, being the only woman who is a bad guy in this movie. Yeah. Um, but she's also super aggressive. Mm-hmm. Like the she pulls over a couple teenagers to pull out her gun on them because they were trying to race with her. Yeah, <laughs> and she's like she was not having it. Um, <laughs> and then uh, later yeah. on, a cop pulls her over, which I couldn't quite figure out why the cop decided to do that. Yeah, but regardless, uh, she shoots the cop, and the cop drives his car into a ditch, and then she starts shotgunning the car on top of it. Don't know why, but she just felt that need to get some shotgunning. I guess they were paying. She was paying well to make sure everything is very over the top and, and, <laughs> and public. And she's like, ah, "All right, I guess I'll I'll open up on this person." Blackbird, um, I'm paying you to make boom booms. Yeah, because it is it very clear that's what she's doing the whole time. Like I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm going for it. I'm just gonna start shooting uh, like crazy. And and she was um, definitely my favorite <laughs> out of all of it. I think. Um, it's more than villain who was playing with a baseball and, and had a beard and guy in yeah. plane. Well, she's the <laughs> one that keeps coming back. It yeah. was clearly like the most deadly. Like I, I, one note I made, um, oh, what was the note? It was, uh, uh, she is a loud assassin. <laughs> yes. Yes. There's no subtlety to her or any of them at all. No, no. Uh, but, but yeah. And then she's got a car bomb at one point. Um, but yeah. <laughs> anyway, there's eventually a confrontation between our hero and our villain where he reveals everything and why he's doing it. Yeah. And then he falls off a roof that's yeah. not that high off the ground. No. <laughs> I feel like he could have survived that. Fell on his head, maybe. Maybe. I don't know. Still I was still trying to wrap my head around his plan. Um, and, and like, I, I'm like, I had to make it in this containment zone and make it very public because then i could have the assassination plan yeah doesn't make any sense 
but I, I guess he was trying to say like if I make it like this, I could pass it off as a stunt gone wrong. But then I don't know how that fits with the amount of gunshots and shotguns and various other things. Bless you, Tim. I think you've thought about this more than Halleck you did. I yeah, I really tried to think it. I'm like. Uh, I guess so. Like at one point, the he says his plan at the end. I'm like, okay. And then like a couple minutes go by. I'm like, wait a minute, what? <laughs> and I start to try to think about it again. Mm. Um, but yeah, it doesn't make much sense. So let's score the villains because I want to move on to the next category. Yeah, I guess one. Yeah. One. Yeah. I sorry, Christopher. I cannot give you any more than that. Yeah, I mean, really, if anything, for me, it's the Baroness. I, I did enjoy her. I will her say, uh, Richard, the quiet partner, uh, just scowling yeah. the whole time. And it does. It takes you like three quarters of the movie to find out they're doing this for a joke. Yeah. Uh, which did make me laugh a little, but yeah. No, not, not enough to give me more than a one. Yeah. Agreed. Okay. Um, all right. Action. Action. Let me just start off by saying 150 cars were destroyed. Uh, in this movie. And it had the Guinness <laughs> World Record until The Matrix reloaded in 2003. And then was technically beaten by the third Transformers movies. But doesn't really count because those were like car husks and not like working cars. Right. Um, so but, I guess Matrix was working cars then? Oh, yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah, because they were driving them on the highway sequences and all that kind of stuff, I would assume. Mm-hmm. So he had that record for over 20 years. That's impressive, man. Mm-hmm. I mean, but I mean, who would have thought to like put so much money into that? You know what I mean? Like that is he had to do that. Like no studio would have done that kind of investment, you know, because they got to put it towards so much other things, and that's why this movie's lacking those other things. But man, <laughs> when you make like you know forty million dollars on the last one that you only invested one hundred fifty thousand to make, yeah. You could say, I could do whatever I want. I don't care what the studio. Which um, is what he did, and God bless him for it. I enjoyed the um, the beginning. Yes. Uh, where they're showing, I guess they're doing Gone in 60 Seconds there, technically, is what they're filming yeah, he's, or something. Yeah, he's, well, he's filming he's Gone in the 60 sequel. Seconds too. Right. Which is kind of a riff on Smokey and the Bandit. Right. And, like, um, the car, I mean, I didn't like that it was in slow motion, but I was still cool. Um, practical, obviously. And the car does that little ramp jump. Well, even before and, that, he has the escape onto the helicopter. Yeah, yeah that's what I meant. That's what I meant. Um, yeah. So he's he's escaping on the helicopter, which is cool. He goes and from the car, car to helicopter. The car, like, sinks in, like, the L.A. River or something, which I'm like, I didn't know it was deep enough for that. Some parts are. Uh, okay. I was impressed. I was like, More what? so then, I guess. Yeah. Maybe I was like, I don't think that's very full nowadays. I don't know. No. Wasn't barely filled in either, but yeah, it's a very small little part that it was like sinking in. But it's um, funny because yeah. uh, Smoking the Bandit came out after Gone in sixty seconds, and he clearly noticed and was like, "Yeah, I'm gonna do a little hat tip. Like I know you guys were sniffing on my territory here." <laughs> the Queen Mary, the the big ship hotel thing that they have there, okay, which is where the stunt starts off taking place, where he steals the car and everything in the parking lot right. of the Queen Mary, yeah. That uh, was all in Gone in 60 Seconds as well, I mean, but only as seen in background. So mm. I just think it's really cool that while they showed that in background in the first movie, in the second movie they actually got to use it for a scene, hmm. even if only for a couple seconds. I was like, that's funny. That's cool. Yeah. Um, Look how far he's gone. Look at us. Who would have thought? Yeah, that's true. 
and then yeah then it gets to whatever he's 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 driving to some event um his thing it's the uh james dean anniversary yeah i guess of where of his death of where he got into an accident and died or something like that and i was very curious like is this an actual thing do people i I was too scared to look it up but i think it is that's i mean man or maybe it hopefully maybe it stopped after a while but i don't know 50s nostalgia was big back then i mean think about it like you know american graffiti and all that yeah, I, I feel like I gotta look it up. I'm too curious on if, if that's an actual thing or not. So anyway, so he's going to this like thing and I guess that's the containment zone where they need to trap him and so um yeah, action sequence starts off with a plane attack. Yeah, at aerial bombs. Uh which well, I was like, Whoa I just wanted to say real quick, I like this attack so much because it makes so much more sense than the plane the more famous plane attack in North by Northwest. Mm-hmm. <laughs> where in that movie uh you have a guy just trying to constantly dive bomb i'm like what are you gonna do you're gonna hit them with the plane that's a terrible yeah. plane the plane will fall apart the thing is made out of plastic yeah um but this guy's actually using grenades so i'm like ah oh, thank yeah. you it's this makes more yeah. sense just dropping bombs on him mm-hmm. and then machine guns and blowing up cars um I like at one point that he has to alert somebody and he picks up his car phone, which just looks like a regular car, like a regular phone. Like it looks like a landline phone. Like it's, mm. it doesn't look like a car phone, which I'm like, what did they have car phones like that? Or did, oh, yeah. did he just kind of put a phone? No, in no, his he, car? he definitely had a souped up Cadillac Eldorado for this thing. Oh, man, I can't believe it actually looked like, like an actual landline phone, which I thought was somebody cut the line. Yeah, somebody cut the line. Which to me, I was like, that just looks fake because it doesn't, it really look, does. like, it doesn't look like that phone belongs there. So that's why I was like, that can't be real. Um, yeah, um, there's just, there's crashes galore. I also thought it was interesting, almost every time a car crashes, there's always like a community of people to help people and to get them out of the cars. And all. And they always like, they always make a point to show that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, everyone's okay, interesting. folks. It's okay. Yeah, exactly. Everybody's safe. Everybody's going to live. It's all good. Everyone's smiling and happy when they get out of their crash car. Yeah. Especially, I don't understand the joke of the guy with his pig. I love this guy so much. <laughs> First off, that is the director's brother. Okay. Ronald Hallecky. <laughs> Uh, this is my favorite part of the whole movie. I literally had to pause and, so I could laugh and weep at the same time. It keeps coming back throughout the movie. So I think so he's got like three pierces guy, at least. He's just talking to something in the back seat, And we, we yeah. know it's a pig because he's holding a pig trophy. And he's on his way to some county fair or whatever. Talking about you're the prettiest girl and whatever and all that yeah. stuff. And like, okay. Gets into one of many of the car crashes. And he runs out. It's like, oh my god, Farah! And he goes, he opens the back door, and there is this tiny little piglet on a waterbed in the back seat. <laughs> yes, what is with the waterbed? Little piggy at- waterbed. <laughs> what? <laughs> like, it's did incredible. you just find a waterbed to like put in there? I I don't know. I mean, I, that was a note I made. Like, I was I was dumbfounded by the waterbed part. It's in so the funny. <laughs> It's a great joke. Yeah, and it keeps coming back. And he, yes, I, yes. He's him like and his one of the last on finding new too, rides and get into more car accidents. Well, yeah, he gets into uh, he, after that car accident. He gets in with the French, right? Yeah, yeah. There's I think these so. 
going to the James Dean Festival are these uh, French Mini Cooper racers. Yeah, it's very stereotypical. They're French, like yes, yeah. they're hilariously French. Yeah, and they, <laughs> they also have like like a group of Mexicans that are very stereotypical Mexican or or, or Hispanic or whatever too. Yes, all the stereotypes yeah. are insulted in this movie. <laughs> uh, <laughs> anyway, the French crash is really cool too because yeah. they they get. Um, hammered, and they all end up going down. There's like a fleet of French Mini Coopers go down this hill, and they all crash in spectacular ways. Yeah, it is really cool. Looking. I one thing too I liked about a lot of those moments is he he uses slow motion correctly, mm-hmm. um, which I feel like slow motion nowadays doesn't get quite used in in the correct way, and and can be very annoying the way it's used now. Yeah, um, and so in the Zack Snyder fashion. Right, and so this is kind of more in like a Jackie Chan type mm-hmm. slow motion where it's like, look what we just did. Yes, yes, this isn't like a <laughs> fake stunt. Look at this. Yeah, I know you just saw it, but let's slow down. I want you to realize how spectacular this crash was. Yeah. <laughs> yes, and I that I really appreciated and enjoyed mm-hmm. because that kind of like, there was a, again, it was a couple times where I was like, wow. And then they would show the slow motion, like, whoa. <laughs> yeah. It's like, wow, we'll see that again. Oh, cool, we're gonna. Yeah. <laughs> so I like that he really is like, this is where the bread and butter of the movie is. And yeah. let's, let's really dwell on it and appreciate it. And that's that was kind of cool. Um, but it, I feel like, too, the, the planes yes, that's are gonna just ask you about. insane yes. as the cars. Like, there's so many planes that are flying so close to the ground, so close to cars, one going like close to a car and under a bridge that is not very not a lot of space no, between no, no, the ground and that bridge. bridge. There's not a yeah. big valley going on there. He goes flies right under it twice. And it's like yes, holy mother of God, that's close. That is I dangerous. was I don't even think I made a noise when I saw that part. I was just my jaw dropped, my eyes open, like what? Yeah, yeah. it's oh, wow. Yeah, and and then when a car it actually does hit. I mean, a plane does hit a car at some point. Yeah. In the movie. And it is a real crash. And you're just like, oh. I had to rewind it like two times. Like, I can't believe that happened. How did that happen? Yeah. And I'm, and I'm sure there's like a thing of like people coming to help and get people out as like, oh, don't worry. Everybody's okay. But there's also part of that is probably safety. Like, they're just like, oh. let's let's get people out and let's film it. I don't know if you watched the making of for this thing on the DVD. No, I didn't get to. It's too bad. Because uh, one time uh, the plane actually did hit. Uh, the car with Halicky in it. Oh, jeez. <laughs> like, the plane wing actually hit him in the head. Went through <laughs> the windshield and hit him. Oh, my God. He had to be helicoptered to the hospital. He had, like, 80 stitches. Wow. But he was okay. And he went Man. back and started filming the next day in a new Eldorado. Wow. Okay, I was wondering. I was wondering if I was going to ask that. Does he have, like, a few versions oh, of the he's same got a car? Yeah. yeah, just in case he's got to redo the stunt and everything. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because it's like so many movies you see like, okay, guys, we only have money in the budget to do this once, so we better make this correct. But for him, it's like I got a few cars I've been building up for years, so if we mess up, it's okay. <laughs> That's one of the cool things about the uh, the crash in uh, the first movie, The Gone in 60 Seconds, is Eleanor gets messed up. Yeah. And it looks like what it looks like in this movie when it finally pops up again. Yeah. Um, but which is a lot of movies where like it gets a hit and you're like, well, God, just go scratch. I'm like, no, it didn't. There's no way that car only came out with just a scratch when it hit that that way. Yeah. 
Uh, it's weird too. Sometimes, like for some of the crashes, they just don't have sound. Hmm. So I, I wonder why that that was, but I thought that was weird. But probably because of the speed that they what they had to do it to make it safe, and yeah. what their, their sound equipment was at the time. Um, oh, I want to talk about the grenade that lands in Hollis's car. Yeah, uh, but I'm assuming because of the Cadillac Eldorado's comfy leather seats, hmm. it did not explode on impact. <laughs> So, yeah, I guess so. So he just throws the grenade at the the bearded baseball glove guy behind him in his car. Yeah. And the explosion flips the car over his car. It is spectacular. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't even care if the grenade didn't blow up when it fell. Whatever. That was awesome. I mean, that it's too, like, I feel like so many movies, I don't know who did what first, but that's a trope I've seen a lot too, where like, the bomb didn't go off and it landed next to the hero or the sidekick and they're like, oh, they throw it back type right, of deal. Yeah. Um, so we, we've, but I don't know when's the first time we've seen that. So I'm, to me, I'm it sure just seems been pretty in, early. Like a million cartoons before this movie. Yeah, that's true. That's true. It probably yeah. was like in a Looney Tunes or something, but yeah. I still appreciate it. It was still Well, the pretty, stunt uh, afterwards yeah. is like, I don't even care. That was so yeah. cool. I have to say the movie's funny. Yes. Like, it, it has good jokes yeah. that make you laugh, obviously. Fair the pig in her waterbed. Yeah, a pig in the waterbed um, and, and quite a few others. Um, oh, one last thing. about like, You have the Cadillac that jumps over the plane. Yeah. <laughs> another incredible stunt. Oh, I got one. The... Um, there was quite a... F- there was a few times in the car chases, too, where... Um, they mounted the camera to the back, like the real axle type back of the car. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it's just weird because I've been watching the Batman a few times recently. Um, and it's it's like, wow, this is... this is <laughs> they, The Batman takes this. Like, they put this the is, rig of the camera not only there, but they put it in the front of the car too. Yeah. They did everything. And like the... The shots that they get for that spe- for the, the cars racing around are really spectacular to look at. Like, yeah, they're really wow. cool. It's just kind of impressive because I'm like watching this. I'm like, wow, this is like again, this is such a cool thing, and I don't think I'm gonna see anything quite like it again until probably the Batman. It's kind of weird. The only other movie that I could think of that did stuff like this was, um, and you've never seen it. It's a, it's a John Frankenheimer movie from 1966 called mm. Grand Prix. Okay. Uh, it is a spectacular racing movie. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't care about racing. Uh, it, it's you know. There's a few that I like. But you know, I'm, I'm a Days not, of Thunder I, sucker. <laughs> but this is. Oh. Uh, no, no I love Days of Thunder too. Yeah, okay. But it's the only bit of NASCAR that I can get behind. <laughs> or Rush, Rush. I like that movie. Yeah. Well, that this is more in the vein of Rush. Okay. Uh, and Ford versus Ferrari, but it's mm-hmm. just like. Incredible driving scenes and how they filmed it and spectacularly filmed. But yeah. this is the only thing that ever came close to it as far as this era. I mean, like, this is better than anything uh, Frankenheimer did in uh, French Connection, I think. Um, there was one point where the propane tank goes into a house. Yes. Well, the car hits there's... the propane tank, which right. goes into the house. Right. The and I, at first, I'm like, there's like a delay or something. So I was like, huh, I have enough time to write a note down. Huh, there's no explosion. That was weird. I could have sworn there was going to be, and then boom. And I'm like, oh, okay, there it is. I'd just like to point out, too, all the action stuff that Tim and I have been discussing right now are just the first 45 minutes of the movie. Yeah. <laughs> yep. 
it's super long. It just keeps going, and I'm, I mean, I'm there for it the entire time. But I was just like, man, like we have not gotten to any plot progression at all. No, no, this is, yeah, that's it. It just, it just goes it keeps on and, going. It is so cool. Yeah, it almost seems like uh, as soon as like one kind of chase sequence or part of the chase sequence ends it's like the next group has to get up like all right who's next to keep this carousel going and it just keeps on it keeps on going it keeps on delivering and and when that car uh, goes into the house it's tallis's car and this is where he fakes his death which never quite makes any sense Uh, (laughs) but uh, the the plane does like a victory barrel roll (laughs) which cracked me up yeah Oh, yeah, I forgot. I do have that note, too, barrel roll. Success, barrel roll is my note. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I killed him, barrel yeah. roll. And at one point, the Baroness gets on a horse. I'm going to keep calling her the Baroness, sorry. Blackbird. <laughs> Blackbird. Blackbird gets on a horse at one point. That's her escape vehicle because her <laughs> car gets uh, messed up. Yeah. Uh, and I, I like, too, that there just there's evidence left all over the place. Nobody, <laughs> nobody cares about that one, but... Uh, yeah, it was, and that's just like the first uh, action beat, right? Which was yeah. so much fun, and then you get the later action beat with the police and everything. And I and I find it funny again that they took their time to to set up jokes for the later action sequence. Like they show you this old lady getting a car and stuff, and yes. like that's and I, was, like, I have this one down too. Where where is why is this it here? It pays this off so really weird. nicely. Yes, and I'm like. And I, my note later is like, oh, this paid off. Okay, because it seems so random at first. So the, this woman, uh, old grandmother, uh, buys a brand new car. Mm-hmm. And at the same dealership that had an action scene in Gone in 60 Seconds. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Must be a relationship built. <laughs> I guess so. The guy who sold him half his cars. I don't know. But it is funny that it happened to be there. Um, and she, she's just going along. She sees the chase. She's staying away from it. She's being very careful with her car. And no matter what, eventually, uh, Halicky, <laughs> uh, I, I don't even remember why the police get onto him. Do you? Um, I don't know. I might have it in my general notes. I'm not positive. I don't know. It doesn't really matter. Yeah. He's on the run. He gets He's mistaken run for again. a bad guy for some reason. Yeah, I guess. Because for some odd reason, he has to keep that he's not dead a secret. Because I guess that's kind of how the first action sequence ends. Or the big at long action sequence ends is he's presumed oh, dead. I think it's where he runs into like. Uh... Okay, so this is what happens um, after the big explosion in the house, and he fakes his death. He runs right. into a camera crew that gives him a ride. Yeah, uh, back into town so he could figure out who's trying to kill him. Right. He doesn't want to involve the police because reasons. He's got to do it in his own way. <laughs> I guess I action know. movie nonsense. Yeah. Um, and. He eventually gets a car, starts doing his little investigating and whatnot, and runs into one of the assassins who has been murdered because they're killing off uh, all loose ends or whatever. Yeah. And that's what the, the cops get onto him as he's discovering something, and that's chasing. Chasing assumes, assumes. Yeah. 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 And this is the um, next big action beat, and it is really good. <laughs> yes. And the. I. Th- Man, I, I, it's again things I see in later movies, but the the old lady comes back into play later on in the action sequence, and her her car gets cut in half. T bone, yeah, rips it and, in half, the back half yeah. off, just like in uh, View to a Kill. 
Yes, exactly. I was like, man, this is Bond right happening already. And she chases after him with her front half of the car. Yes. She's pissed at him. I'm curious who drove that car. Like, do you think it was like he drove the car and then they put the old lady in afterwards? I, I guarantee that's what had happened. Yeah, yeah they probably had somebody I was like, in a wig or something like that. But like, he's on foot after the car accident and he's running away, and she's chasing after him with her front of the car. <laughs> it was so funny that like a Bond movie will do this like nine or eight years later, um, uh, right? I think or it's something like, like that. Uh, three years later. Is it only three? Yeah. Okay, yeah. you're right because that's right because the Dalton's the latter eighties yeah. half. So yeah. yeah. So anyway, so three years later, uh, Bond yeah. will do this. Cubby Broccoli is, is like writing notes as he's watching. Oh, yeah. Okay. I don't. But we'll, instead of the old lady, we'll have Bond doing it. Yes. <laughs> For a much longer time. Yes. Yeah. Um, before this, before he even runs to the old lady. Yeah. There's a great part where he's at. Uh, in a parking lot and all the cops are surrounding him in his, his Corvette that he borrowed from his buddy. Uh, and there's literally nowhere for him to go. And he mm-hmm. knocks over a sign and then uses that sign as a ramp to like monster truck over a bunch of other oh, cars. Oh, yes. And I was like, I never would have saw it coming. That's such a brilliant idea. That was really and, cool. And all the I, car, cop cars try to do the same thing, go over the ramp, and they can't move like the Corvette can. And yeah, I think one car is successfully able to get over yes. it, and the rest crash. Yeah. Yeah, the sign in the cars. Yep, I have a note on that one, too. That that was really freaking cool. Uh, I mean, they they are going slow, but they kind of had to go slow. You have to, um, yeah. Yeah, and it was, it was pretty neat. Um, and again, all practical and... Crazy. He must have had all those cars too. Were yep. his cars? All his that were... cars. <laughs> so insane. It was. A- it was. So anyway, cool. after the he hits the old woman, <laughs> and he's on foot. He runs to the Goodyear blimp. Yeah, who just happens to be there? He's in the area. He's like, oh, I know that guy. Yeah. I'm oh, hey. Getting the movie. <laughs> And they know each other, yeah. They know each other in the beginning because I guess they're a sponsor or something. They were going to be like in a small bit in the movie or something like that. Uh, way to fund the movie, I guess. And he's just kind of like, oh, hey, yeah. Good, your blimp just chilling around. Yeah, and he, like, he's like, oh, he's like, buddy, you got to come. We got to go to this movie premiere. They're going to blow it up for reasons. I, yeah, I don't know why. Yeah, that one doesn't publicity? make sense. I have no idea. I guess. Uh, but then come, it's like, it's amazing how fast all the action is, and then we got this blimp chase. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, blimp don't move. Yeah. This is just slow moving. <laughs> yep. And uh, then the, the last big stunt, I guess, is the him jumping out of the blimp, which is like, I, I'm as much as I love this movie and all the action scenes, this is the saddest one. Yeah. <laughs> He's like three feet off the ground. Definitely the strengths are in the car chases because yeah, the the uh, the fight sequence there with his brother-in-law is is not great. Uh, nope. And, uh, yeah, the, the definitely, as you said, doesn't fall from a great height or anything. It's just kind of, meh, yeah, uh, yeah, not great. But And then there's they find the bomb and throw it under some random car to blow up. I'm like, yeah. It's a terrible way to get rid of a bomb, but all right. Well, some days you just can't get rid of a bomb. Some days you can't, Tim. <laughs> and that's all the notes I have for action. Yeah, me too. Five. Five. Without Five a doubt. It's, Incredible. It's, it's the movie's not going to score incredibly high for our scoring system, but everybody needs to check this movie out just for the action alone. 
I, I would like to, if I can, actually give it a six. <laughs> We're only allowed to give five points, but the effort involved in all of this and the way they pulled it off, I, I We're think... We're doing bonus points now? I think for this movie, I want to give it a double digit and it's not going to get it without it. Oh, man, I feel like it's 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 harsh to, to give it a bonus point. I mean, we didn't even give 48 hours a bonus point just for just for uh, Eddie Murphy alone, but... Yeah. Eh, man, okay, I don't know. I, I think we could come back to that. Okay, fair enough. Uh, you might be able to convince me later. I'm down for a five right now. Do you, do you remember the pig on the waterbed? <laughs> Is that going to be your sidekick now? I would. That you're going to talk about? <laughs> I got. Should I get Penny a waterbed for my backseat? I don't know. I, I feel like, uh, <laughs> no, claws, uh, you know, would not do, yeah, dog do well there. Yeah, dog and hoofs are Yeah, not a good idea. I think hoofs, That's, yeah, hooves yeah. are not as sharp, you know, you'd be all right. Mm-hmm. Plus, it was a tiny little little pig. It wasn't a very big pig. It was a piglet. It was a piglet, so it yeah. was, yeah. I, I think it probably was the right weight for, for that waterbed. <laughs> so... So, sidekicks. Um, this I have is the be least short amount one. to say this. Yeah, same. Um, <laughs> there are no there, side characters. There, Nobody yeah. has any kind of, The daughter? The daughter is a slight side character because she helps him with the piggy bank. Um, the news crew help him out with a ride and I guess doing a big solid by not reporting on him being alive sooner, I guess, for whatever sure. weird yeah. reason. It there made their that. boss very mad. and We had a whole scene on that, the boss. Mm-hmm which was useless. Um, and then I guess there's the guy that gives them, gives him the car. Yep. Um, who was the actor from the beginning of the movie who was in his movie. Yeah. It was his wife's car. Her Corvette. Right. <laughs> so, but that was a really quick scene. Um, and that's... It. That's about it. Um, yeah. Nobody else has anything to do in this movie. Like, this yeah. movie is thin on plot, thinner on characters, but boy, does it come through on the action. Yeah, so are we safe to just, since we feel weird about giving zero points, we're going to go one? Yeah, I think so. Okay, so yeah, we're going to go one. even though a lot of the people only showed up for like 30 seconds at a time or whatever, I'd say at least 65, 70% of the time, there's a laugh somewhere in there. Yeah, So it's true. I feel like a one is fair. Yeah. Although I feel like I don't think any of those laughs are coming from our side characters. Well, they're in the scene. They they, they happen to be there, but I don't think the humor Ronald, is coming from them. Halicky, you know what I mean? Halicky with the pig. Right. But he's not a sidekick type character. I, yeah. I would classify him as a sidekick. So he's a character name, Pigman. I, I guess. <laughs> I don't think that counts, though. So it's it's that's you know Fair the even, pig? even with the sword and the sorcerer right the sidekicks yeah. they were the humor parts like yes. they actually brought something right the sidekicks here they let them borrow a car and they didn't report the news and gave a ride that was yeah, that a, was it so yeah. Um, so yeah one I think without a doubt with a bullet there it's a generous so, one yeah yeah um, so at, at right now without you convincing me that's a nine yes for this movie I, I feel like the action alone. It deserves to be a double-digit movie. I, I don't think even at a 10, it's going to make it to our final four or whatever. Uh, but, whew. Yeah, I, I mean... I just something special for it. <laughs> I mean, it's already going to beat The Sword and the Sorcerer at a 6. Yeah. Uh, it's not going to beat 48 hours at a nope. 12. Um, 
So I, I mean, I get what you're saying. I guess so. I guess we're gonna now say that special circumstances we will award a bonus point. I just it's our show, I'm, baby. I'm worried about want. a domino effect, man. Where does it end? Where, where does it, it stop? Does. Where, where we have that? no sponsors yet. <laughs> if somebody wants to sponsor this show and give us rules and say yes or no and give right. us money to do that, I'm okay with that. I'll sell beach property in North Korea yeah. if they want to give me money. That would, be, until it would then, be a funny idea like this bonus point is brought to you by <laughs> <laughs> North Korea Vacations. Have you considered <laughs> Wow. All right. So, okay. The action is pretty amazing and it's pretty unique. And I'll give you your bonus point. Yeah. So it's at a 10. Well, I got some miscellaneous notes if you don't mind. I want to, I'd love to go. Oh, for sure. For sure, man. Um, For some reason, all the lady cops in this movie look like off duty strippers. Yes. It uh, is like, yeah. like, did they literally just take them out of the clubs? And I feel bad because, good lord, they're probably not. But that's the way they are all dressed up. Yeah, exactly. They're very yeah. They'll have like like a slit up the skirt going pretty high, or like their 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 dress cop shirt because they'll be like police officers, kind of slightly open. Yeah. Um. There's it's, like it's insane. Yeah. There's two ladies on like the the nine one one or call uh yeah. know, office or whatever that are very like they could have giant been hair. Yeah. Yeah. 10 pounds of makeup <laughs> yes. it's like what's going on <laughs> did they just already did the strippers already have the costumes and he's like hey well perfect come on down yes I I, th- I have like a few notes is like there's a lot of uh, a lot of pretty ladies going on here a lot of pretty sheriffs <laughs> like, this is a, why are there so many female cops in 1982 this is a little weird <laughs> mm. Especially out in this like rural area. Yeah, exactly. It's not even like in a liberal city or any, anything. Um, there was like a weird Jewish joke about a dude's cat at some point, which I thought was weird. I might have blacked out. I missed this okay. joke. Um, there was a big Christopher Reeve poster in his little... Um... Yes, I want to talk about that museum. <laughs> he's, got a, he's got a couple of different Superman stuff, so obviously he's a big fan. Yeah. Um, but it well. First off, Eleanor is there, uh, he, and and she she has one last ride. Uh, yeah, he uses, he uses an escape vehicle. Did you notice that he has the Lotus Esprit from no. Bond? No, I didn't. He notice has that. Bond's Lotus in his car museum. Oh, that's cool. I yeah. didn't notice that. I wish I noticed that. Yeah, from oh. Spy Who Loved Me and everything, he's got it in there. I was like, oh my god, it's the Lotus. As much as I uh, love me some Bond, I hate the. <laughs> I hate yeah, that no, Bond it is the most car, hideous but... car. <laughs> sorry, yeah, but it's so cool to see it there. Um, and I, for some reason, he had, I was really disappointed we didn't get to go and check out his little Scooby Doo vault down below in the basement of his uh, museum. He yeah, has he this cool little uh, thing that he twists, and all of a sudden, this basement appears, yeah. and he can't. But then the guard comes, and he can't sneak down there. I want to see what's down there. Because this place is cool looking. Yeah, I mean, I have a note here. Cool trap floor. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I can't believe later on in the movie when he's in the blimp and he's trying to call in the bomb threat, he calls into a Woody Allen lookalike who yes. name checks himself as Woody Allen. Where he's like, oh, That's so funny. I, like, I, oh, make a, I made a real serious note. about a bomb threat and I'm Woody Allen. I'm like, wait, really? Yeah. 
<laughs> I, I have a Woody I, Allen yeah uh, comment. It, it on almost there felt as like well. a Norm McDonald joke. Like, is he just? Yeah. Are they doing this on purpose? Like, they know it's so dumb. Yeah. They don't know to do this. It had a very, and he had a very similar vibe here of uh, almost like a diehard moment of like, no effing shit, lady. What am I ordering a pizza? Like, <laughs> you know, um, which I liked. But yeah, I thought the Woody Allen thing was so weird, mm. and I also thought it was weird. Like, how did the police? know to help him because at a certain point when? like towards the ends like towards the ends like oh it's because they called in the bomb threat i guess i i guess because they told him, like if you look out you'll see the good year blimp right there and he's like okay i guess we'll just oh, believe you serious. and you're the good guy i guess okay yeah. cool i just well, seem like oh, when a bad weird. guy attacks someplace in a blimp that'd be it's a terrible plan his brother-in-law betrayed him and um and you know there's there's fireworks but everybody's all cool you know, his, bro- his brother-in-law just died and it betrayed him and died and like he's like fireworks and like yeah it's yeah, everyone very gets 80s. over the betrayal very quickly the yeah. most 80 thing, 80s thing about this movie is the end credits yes like all of a sudden I, oh yeah we're in the 80s i thought the carved out the practical carved out credits type wood carving stuff was so mm-hmm. cool yeah. i thought that was really neat how much time do you think that took to like carve all that stuff out? I don't know, man. Yeah. God bless him. I look, yeah. the real tragedy of all this is that, uh, like I said, he tried to make back his money. I guess the next year while splicing together this movie and the second, or the first movie, and then he started up making Gone in sixty seconds two uh, in eighty nine and unfortunately died doing one of the stunts. Mm. He was hitting a water tower, and a cable came down and hit him and killed him instantly. And Jeez. man, Toby, I wish that hadn't happened. God bless you. You were a maniac, and I love you, man. Because, whew, what a picture. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's one it of a kind. pretty cool. I got no more notes. Yeah, I got. I, well, I got the piggy back. The piggy bank is back, and I got Pigman is back, and that's basically my last notes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, yeah, um, but yeah, it's it's a lot of fun. Uh, I think the action alone is is, and the story behind the movie is is kind of what sells it, and it's pretty fun. I if I can get like three more people to watch the junk man. I'll be so thrilled with this podcast. Yeah, that's a good point. Because, <laughs> man, what a movie. I'm so glad we did this podcast just because I got to see this movie. That's true. I would I'm, never I'm, have looked for it or found it out of it. I, I guess people, though, are going to have to go and buy a DVD because that seems to be the way that you're going to be able to see it. Happy to lend it to whoever needs to see it. But you should buy <laughs> it because uh, Toby Hallecky's wife is still alive and keeping his uh, keeping his legend alive. Yeah. So cool. It is very cool. I gotta check out um, the the making of probably before I give that DVD back to you. Um, Please, yeah, I gotta I check out like the website. To. Yeah, um, I what think is, everybody should. It's it's a pretty neat movie. What's the website again for? Is it Crash King? Uh, I think it's Crash King. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um. All right. So I guess now we need to decide what our next movie is. Yeah, I picked Jump Cuts. You're up. That's uh, true. Yeah. So it is. Uh, by the way, it is going to be a out of ten. Um, so we have forty eight hours out of twelve, Sword of the Sorcerer out of six, and Junkman at ten. And now it is up to me, I guess. 
I think you were up. You were kind of pumped about one down, two to go. Yeah, where's that one at? I want to see if that one's streaming. On Plex. It's on Plex. Yeah. We're doing this movie. Yeah, one down, yeah. two to go. One down, two to go. This is what we're doing. We're getting our black exploitation on. I'm excited. Yes, let's do it. A pair of tough cops go after the mob who rigged the martial arts tournament and injured their buddy. <laughs> I hate it when the mob rigs the martial arts tournament. Yes. That's they, so rude. They got to make their money how they can, you know? Uh, <laughs> director Fred Williamson, writer Fred Williamson. Fred no Williamson kidding. is one of the stars. I didn't even, oh, wow. Written and directed by Fred Williamson. That's so cool. Isn't it cool? I'm down, I was just man. thinking, too, that I need to rewatch From Dust Till Dawn. Yes. Yes. Did you know that uh, Michael Parks is playing the same character in From Dust Till Dawn as he does in uh, Kill Bill? The sheriff character? Yeah. That's the same character. Oh, same wait, character I think I do anyone. remember that. Yeah, I think I, I do no remember idea. hearing that. That's um, cool. Okay. Yeah, Fred Williamson, Jim Brown, um, Richard Roundtree. Ooh, Shaft. Uh, like, yeah, like, let's go. Let's 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 see this movie, man. This Jim is so Kelly cool. from Enter the Dragon. Hell yeah. Yes. All right. Who doesn't want to see this movie? Come on. I don't know. I've never heard of it either. Um... But, I don't know, it just looks like fun to me. I'm down. Yeah. <laughs> All right, that is it for us. Please show your support for the podcast by leaving a review on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play Music, or wherever you happen to listen to the show. Also, sharing is caring. Be sure to follow us on social media to get the latest show updates. You can contact us by emailing at filmbrochamp at gmail.com or find us by searching for the hashtag filmbrochamp. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Film Bros Championship Podcast. Peace out, everybody. Please get your pig a water bag. <laughs>